third shear for Yavamostaf Samich Vav. We're trying a new recording device here. Should work basically the same as the other one, but hopefully this will be at least as good quality as what we've been experiencing up until this point. Let's recap what we spoke about in the previous year. We discussed the Shaila um, in regards to Nichsei Tzom Barzel, which the husband is in complete responsibility for its increase and decrease in value, and he writes in the Ksuva that he's going to give the value of what the property was worth at the time of the marriage. If she wants, can she get the actual property back, or is he allowed to keep the property and give her cash? So it's a machlokis between Rabbi Yehuda and Ravami. Rabbi Yehuda says that the husband gets to keep it. Ravami says that the wife gets to keep it. Uh, Ravami explains the reason why no, sorry, other way around. Yehuda says she gets to keep it. Ravami says he gets to keep it. The reason for Yehuda is because of Shvach Bisa Viha. And Ravami, he says that since uh, he has all the responsibilities, so therefore it's considered his. And he brings a raya from the fact that if they are um, Avadim, then he gets to feed them the Truma, right? In the case of this Usher marriage, where they can't eat because of her, because of the different reason that we explained in the first year on this staff. Nevertheless, they're considered his. So we explained that, Rosafra explained that's not necessarily a proof. They are considered his in regards to Truma just because he's Chayim Lachrai. It's not because that they are his. And we discussed whether Chayim Lachrai actually allows a coin to, to feed the, that uh, thing, Truma, because it's his Kenyan. We brought a riot from cases of Paros, of animals. And we had two cases. One case is where the Kohen is Chayv as a Socher. He rented the animal. And in that situation, we say he cannot feed the animal Truma. However, we brought another situation where he accepted upon himself full responsibility for the animal. According to Tosos, could only be in a case of Sheila, so there's no problem with Ribis. In that situation, the Kohen is able to feed the animal Truma. So that actually ends up seeming to be a proof to what Rav Yehuda says, that even if he has to return the animal Ba'en, he has to return the animal to the Yisraeli, he can't just give him money. Nevertheless, during the interim, when he's using it, it is considered Kenyan Kaspo, and he can feed it Truma. Uh, we saw some interesting things in Tosvos. We spoke about the Karshini Truma, that normally you're not allowed to feed Truma to an animal, and animal food is generally not chayv in truma, but in this specific situation, since it's something a person could eat, therefore it's chayv in truma, but since it's normal to feed it to an animal, therefore it's not considered destruction, and the coin would be able to feed this type of truma to his animal. We also discussed the reason why Yisrael cannot feed an animal truma is because he's not allowed to get a hana shel kilui, from Truma. He could get other Hanos from him. It's not an Isser Hanot Tazar, but a Hano which destroys the Truma is Aser. That's learned out from the Joshua's that Tosfos brought. We also discussed um, the Chiv of a Socher. That is clear from Argomar. He has the Dinim of a Shomer Sachar. This is a Machokis Tanam, and we see in many Sugyas that we are associating like this Shita. Okay, let's continue. Inside the Gemara, we are a little bit less than halfway down the Amud. First word on the line is Yosef, and that's where we're beginning. Yosef, Rabbi Rav Yosef, Bishili Pirki Dreb Nachman, the Yasif Ka'amri, Tani Kavasir Yehuda, the Tani Kavasir Vami. So Rabbi Rav Yosef 
at the end of the drasha of Nachman said that they found a brisa that supports Rabbi Yehuda, and there's also a brisa that supports Rabbi Ami. Tani kavas Rabbi Ami. So first we're going to bring the brisa that supports Rabbi Ami. Avdi tzon barzel yotzin v'shin v'ayin leish avalo leisha. That avdi tzon barzel, they go out if the husband knocked out a tooth or an eye, but not if the wife knocked out a tooth or an eye. So we see that they get completely transferred over to the ownership of the husband, like what Rav Ami says. Let's see Rashi and Tosos on this. Rashi says, Bashili Pirke Kishasayim Hadrasha, when the drush was finished, Bashin Vayan Leish, Imsime Habalas Eino, if the husband knocks out his eye, because the din is that an avid Kanani gets freed if a limb gets knocked out. Avalisha, but not to the wife. Im Simsa Eino, if she knocks out his eye, Delav Didahu, because it's not considered hers. Says Tosos, the Ri wonders about this. Why is this a Ri at all to Raviyami? Raviyuda would agree to this din. It's considered his slave. Just like he's considered his money that he could feed the Evid Truma. As the Mishnah said, because the extent of the king that's required to feed the Ebed Truma is going to be the same as Shein Va'ayin. Kedaprishas Mesnis, as we explained in the Mishnah. But both of them need to be Kinyan Kaspo. And what we explained before was that since he's Chayv and full Achrayas, even though he has to return the item Ba'en, that's enough to be considered Kinyan Kaspo in regards to Truma. If so, it should be enough to be considered Kinyan Kaspo in regards to Shein Va'ayin, even if you would have to return it to N. So how can we bring this price as a proof to Rabbi Ami? It has nothing to do with the Machlokas of Yehud and Rabbi Ami. So explains Tosos, Vod Hiksha, another question first. Vod Hiksha Rabbi Moshe, Kohen, Moshe Kohen, that's his name, that Demi Lomotor of Yehuda Demichsri Govaina, that Rabbi Yehuda agrees that it's lacking collection, that's what we're really going to see upcoming, that idea. It's in his Rishos at that point, and it was up until it's collected by the wife. And we know this we're also going to see later on. I mean, we really should have seen the whole Gemara before we start Tosos. So all these concepts are going to be discussed. But once we're in the middle, we're going to continue. So uh, we said that, firstly... He's just meshubad to give it back to her. Up until she, he gives it back to her, it's considered his. And if so, shechur mafkimidei shibud, freeing a slave removes a shibud. We're going to say this later on. Gabi isla de milsa de parsua misna. In that case, that we'll, we'll discuss. Vafilu rev Yehuda mafkimidei shibud. Even according to Yehuda, where he owes her the actual item, nevertheless, it takes away this shibud if he frees the slave. Therefore, it's considered in his rishos. I just skipped up a line here. I'm just reading the same thing over and over again. What's going on over here? Even the shechor of shemayin, which happens by itself, means not only if he is meshachar the eved midaito, but even something that happens memela. We say over there that that also removes the shibud. Don't say the rabbi of Yosef. Yosef. Tani Kavasar Vami, Leslahu Darava, 
But don't say that Rabbi Rav Yosef were the ones that say the statement that we're discussing now, that this price would be like Rav Yami. They would disagree with Rabbi. They would say Shechor cannot uproot a Shibud, and therefore if he really was Meshubah to her, then the slave wouldn't go free. You can't say that. Why not? Um, it's a, it's a Mishnah. Is where the deer come from. So Rava didn't make up this thing. It's not just a memra of Rava, and anyone who wants could disagree with it. Rava brings a proof to this concept from a from a Mishnah. So all the Amarim have to agree with it. You also can't say they disagree with the concept that as long as she hasn't collected it yet, it's considered in his rishus. Because Rav himself has that svara upcoming. And we're going to see Rav himself is going to use this brisa that Rav and Rav Yosef said is like Rav Ami and ask that as a question against the Shita that's going to, going to Paskin against Rav Ami. Right? So Rav himself holds of this brisa that, that this brisa is like Rav Ami. So how does that work out? So the tears are being Shmuel Bar Chaim. So Shmuel Bar Chaim explains me Vardaish. That's the place he was from. Did Daich me have a lowly isha? The deek is not the fact that that the slave goes out shein va'ayin from the husband. Right, that everyone agrees to. The deek is the fact that if she knocks out the shein va'ayin, he doesn't go free. Umechaim lo istrich dipshita and. We don't need to speak about a case where she does that, though she knocked out the Shane Va'ayan while the husband was alive, because that would be obvious that the slave wouldn't go free. Allah her Misa comers come and say, even after the husband dies, but she hasn't collected yet, the The reason why she doesn't go go free, the slave doesn't go free, is because the din's with him. She can't collect that slave. And the slave belongs to him, not to her. Therefore, that's why she doesn't go out Shema Ayin. So therefore, this price is like Rav Ami. If it would be like Rav Yehuda, it would say it goes out Shema Ayin to the Ish and to the Isha. That's what Tosus is saying. And so in a Hanami from the Risha, that the slave goes out Shema Ayin from the husband, that is not specifically like Rav Ami. But the Seifa, Avaloli Isha, that's what's specifically like Rav Ami. Let's continue in the Gemara. Tanya, Kavasir, Yehuda, we also have a rice like in Yehuda. Hamachnesis Shumabal, a person that brings in, a woman that brings in this type of valuation means Nixay to Mbarazel to the husband. And Ratzabal Limkar, Limkar, the husband's not allowed to sell it. Not only that, even if he evaluates things from his property, and he writes it into the Ksuva and makes it into Nixay to Mbarazel, he also is not allowed to sell that. Marachushayim Parnasa, if they both sold it in order for Parnassah, in other words, they needed more money to run their household, so therefore they both agreed to sell it. This is a Maisa by Rishim Gamliel. And he said, The husband can still take it away from the buyers. So there's something that can't be sold. Now, if the din is emo, so then of course he could sell it. He's only going to give her money anyway if they get divorced. So why shouldn't he be able to sell the property itself? So you see from there that Hadin Ima like the Shita of Rav Yehuda. Let's see Rashi. Lo Yimkar, Shemi Gershenu, Tatal Kela. How the reason why he can't sell it is because if she gets divorced, she wants to be able to take those Kelan. Mahushnim, if they both agree to sell, Oze Oze. So it sounds like from Rashi, it's not that they both agree. It's one of the two 
decide to sell, which they're not allowed to, but it could be maybe if they both would agree, okay, maybe they could sell it. Le Parnasan, they do it for Parnasan, or Echidim it's just the standard key, Shein Anamokha Kli Tashmisha of Elamazonos, the person would only sell his stuff if he needs it for food. Habal Mosi, so the husband can take it away. Loi Vaidim Machar Hu, Bulo Daita, Umeso Girsha, Dehimotsimiano Kuchos. Right, certainly if he's the one that sold it, without letting her know, that she could take it away from the buyers. Elafilu Misahi, but even if she dies, he can take it away from the buyers. The sale's not a sale. As long as she's alive. So it sounds like from Rashi, right, even if he's the one that sold it, he himself could take it away from the kuchos because that sale is just completely invalid. Right? What if they both agree to sell it? It's not so clear from Rashi. I think from that first Rashi that he explained Machush name is Oza Oza. If they would both sell it, then I think that would be a valid sale. Maybe discuss somewhere else in Shas. Oh, we'll have to keep our eyes peeled for that. Okay. Continues the Gemara. Omar Rabba Rabbi Nachman Alach Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Nachman says that the Alach is like Rabbi Yehuda. Amali Rabba Rabba said Rabbi Nachman Vatani Kavas Ravami. Don't we have a Brisa like Ravami? Is it me just disregard his Shita? Now this is the line that Tosas quoted before that we see Rava does hold of these the way Rav and Raviosif interpret these brises. So Afagav Tanikavas, he says this is the answer already, even though there's a Brisa Dervami like Ravami, Mistavra time Yehuda nevertheless the Svar of Yehuda makes more sense. So I guess we're agreeing that it's not only a Machogus Amaram, it's also Machogus Tanaim, but when it comes to being Machriya with Allah is we go with what makes the most sense. Let's see Rashi. No Rashi's yet. So back in the Gemara. There was a woman that brought into the marriage a fine woolen cloak. Shachiv. And he died, the husband. Shaklui Yasmi. The Yisomim took the cloak. And put it on the dead person. And normally the person... Um, puts clothing on a mace, so the mace is, so to speak, cone of that clothing. The clothing comes Osirban on, has to be buried with him. So what's this situation? In this situation, what would happen? Because it's not really the Yisomims, because the wife has the right to take it back. So Amar Rav, Rav says, Kanya Misna, even in this case, the mace is Kona. Amar Nani, Breder of Yosef, Breder Rav, so Nani, the name of a Chacham, who was the son of Yosef, son of Rava, Lerav Kahana, answer of Kahana, on this Maisa of what Rava Paskin, but didn't Rava say in the name of Nachman, is like Rehuda, and therefore it's really hers, and they shouldn't be able to answer it on her. So he answered him, Milo Motor of Yehuda to Mechusar Kovaina. If Yehuda agrees that she didn't yet collect it, in other words, it's his until she collects it, she has the right to collect it. Until she does, it's not hers. They came in and until she collects it, it's in the husband's, or in this situation, after the husband dies, his yorshim's rishus. And Ravalatame, this is Rava working according to his shita, which we saw quoted in Tosos already. Rava Rava says hektish chamit b'shikor mafkimid shibud. That hektish chamit and shikor, we'll discuss what those are in Rashi. Um, those uproot a shibud, even though he 
has a chiv at a certain point later on to give this item back, he can uproot that shibud by making it hectish, or if it becomes chavitz on Pesach, or if he frees a slave, and those things do take effect, and he no longer has to give that item back to the original owner, he's going to have to give the value. Our Yehuda, Yehuda says, maybe we see, before we see that, let's see Rashi. Kanya Misna, Tachrichi Hamis Asiri Hanahin. The Tachrichin of Hamis, the shrouds, are Asr and Hanah. Cactish, just like the Dinah of Hectish. Degamar Sham Shamega Rufa, Tzegzer Shava, Perak Ningmar Adif. Milo Motor of Yehuda, the Mechusugovaina, of Yehuda agrees that it's missing collection. Afal Gavd Hadin Ima, so even though the Din's with her, she can collect it after the husband's death. Modahu dechol kamalu gavsinhu mine lavershusa kaimi. He agrees though until she collects it, it's not in her rishus. Ela shibuda ba'alma isla alive. She has some sort of shibud that she can force them to give it to her at a later point. Dehayim nensu nevdu chayvachiusan. Because if there's some sort of ones or they get lost, the husband or his relatives are still chayvachiusan. So they're gonna have to give her money. And so it's not hers wherever it is. And therefore, it gets lost. It's her loss. So you see, it's still considered theirs or his, or his yarshim. They came into Rishos Yasmin and who? So since it's in the Rishos of the Yisomim, Asi Hektish, the Hektish Shua Yasmi, the Hektish of the Yisomim made it, right? This type of Hektish of making it shy to the mace. So it works. And it removes the Shibud, the Yavidami, and they have to give her money as opposed to the item. Ravla Tamein, this is Ravla Shitaso, this is Hektish Tafka Kedusha Guf and only if he makes it Kedusha Guf, like in this situation, have a Kedusha's Domim low, but not Kedusha's Domim, Kedush Nan, as it says in the Mishnah, Mosapo dinner, they added dinner, Opoda, Hanachasim Halo, and they redeemed the property. So if it's only made Hektish um, for its value, means there's nothing that, let's see, we've been talking about a regular Hektish. There's nothing that the Beis Hamikdash can do with this item. They're just going to sell it, right? So then it doesn't actually become hectish, and all you have to do is redeem it for a dinar, which is like a symbolic amount, just so it doesn't look like you're taking something away from hectish without redeeming it. But it never was actually hectish. However, if it's kedusha zaguf, for example, he takes an animal that could be used as a carbon, or in this situation, a cloak which is being put on the mace also has a din of hectish, and it itself becomes hectish. So then that does remove the shibud. If a guy lends a Jew money and the chametz is the mashkon, it's still aser after Pesach. The iser chametz removes the shibud of the guy. Means if it was considered as if it already belonged to the guy completely, so then it wouldn't become aser with chametz of a Pesach. That's an iser specifically by chametz of a yid. However, since it's just a shibud, it belongs to the yid, it's just that the the guy has the right to collect from it, so then it already becomes Asr and Hana as soon as Pesach hits. That's we, that which we have in the Mishnah, in Psachim, that Motor Ba'ana, there's a situation where it is Motor and Hana, Ravabu Kila Hasam Kishir Hinu Etzlo. Rav explains, it's talking about here Hinu Etzlo, which Rashi ex- here explains, Shinasun Yisrael, Bebeza Shavi Kuchavim. The Yisrael already gave the guy the chamis to keep in his house. In that situation, it's not lacking collection, 
and therefore we can halakhically view it as if it's completely belonging to the guy. This shikhar continues Rashi in the top of the next Talmud. Yisrael Shashibed Abdul Abalchov, he's Meshavi, he's Abit Abalchov, he's Shikharu Haloven, then the borrower frees the slave. Yatzel Kheris, the slave is actually freed. Malva Gove, Milova, Mimakumacher. And the lender will have to collect from the borrower different property. Okay, let's continue a little bit in the Gemara, and then we'll go back and see the Tosasin. Really one Tosos. Amr of Yehuda, Yehuda says, if she brought in two kalim, which were worth a thousand, and then they went up in value, now those two kalim are worth two thousand. So one she could take for her ksuva, he owes her a thousand, and one kli is worth a thousand, so she takes that, and that pays up her ksuva. The other one, if she's willing to pay him a thousand, the value of the kli, she can take it because of shvach bezaviyah. The Gemara asks, my kamash what's the chiddush? Shvach hava, that since it's the, it's a family heirloom, so therefore she gets to keep it. Ha'amar of Yehuda, Chadazimna, of Yehuda already said that. That's the way we started off this machlokus of Yehuda of Ami. So the Gemara answers, no, Ma'udah Tamei would have thought, if I didn't have this statement, if she's able to to take it with her ksuva, so then she can take the actual kli. But to have, to be able to pay money to take it back, right, it's not something which she's owed, but she wants to then buy it back against his will, that she can't do. The chiddush of this statement of Yehuda is she can even do that. It says Tosos, um, the husband can take it away from the kuchos if she sells the, or if, even if he himself sells the nixaytzon barzel. Peshbe kuntras. Rashi explains that filu he, even if she dies, motzi he can take it away from the buyers. Mashmi told perusho. We it's implied from what Rashi writes. That when the wife is alive, the husband can't take them away. Kishamachu Atzmo, he's the one who sold it. Al Kishamisa Isha, it's only when the wife dies, does Yorish Kocha, then he inherits her Koach, the Hihaisi Yecholimchus Bechaim. She was able to be Mocha when she was alive. Right, so we see how Toza explaining Rashi, which until he asks his question seems to make a lot of sense, which is he can't renege on his sale because he was Mocha, whatever his rights were, right? Even though they both have rights on the Nixay Tzom Barzel, he sold his rights. She'd be able to take away from the buyer because she has rights to that property as well, but he wouldn't be able to. It's only after she dies then he inherits her rights. So we say just like she would have been able to take it away from the buyer while she was alive, now that she died, he now gets an additional schuss that he didn't have originally, and with that schuss he could take it away from the buyer. That's the way it seems from Rashi. However, Vatim, it's a wonder. Kavon Shamachira Kayemes Kolzman Shishashosekes. If the Mechira is valid, as long as she doesn't say anything. Lama Tuchabal Tuchalavatel Mechiraso Macha Al Chinam. How can he undo the Mechira just by making Macha for nothing? Demichaim in Labam Klum. Because when she was alive, she didn't really own it, it's just she had the right to be Mocha. But Odin, furthermore, 
Even if the wife would have the ability to take it away while she was alive, it would seem the husband would not inherit that right. We don't say that he now is in the place of the wife. If he himself is the one that sold it. We see a similar case in Ksuvis. There was a person he sold the Tovas Hanah of the Ksuva's mother. Means he sold the rights to the Ksuva. There aren't necessarily, uh, won't necessarily come to fruition. Right? It depends who dies first. If the husband dies first, then this person would be able to collect the Ksuva instead of the mother. And if the mother died first, then he wouldn't get anything. So that's what we call a Mechira Tovas Hanah. Here it's the son selling it. So how exactly is it working? So he says there, Amr, and he says, If my mother protests the sale, it's really her suva, so then I'm not giving you back your money. You're buying it on the side that my mother's not going to protest, and eventually I'll get the money, and then I'll give the money to you. The mother died. And then he came and he wanted to undo the sale. He's he's inheriting his mother's property and he thinks he should also inherit the mother's right to Mafkia, the person's Roshos and Aksuva, because that was the tonight that they made. Rami Bar Chama thought to say that that makes sense. He inherited the rights of the mother. Amrli Rava, so Rava said back to him, It's true, he didn't accept Achrais for the mother. That was part of the deal. If my mother um, will be mevatal the sale, I'm not giving your money back. Right? So he didn't take that Achrais. Achrayis he did kabbalave, but he does accept his own achrayis. He himself, if he comes to mivatel to sell sale, would have to give the money back, even if he's only coming because of the schus of the mother. So therefore, going back to our situation, we would have the same idea. If the husband who sells the nixay to barzel would not be able to protest that sale, so when the even though the wife would be able to protest the sale, if she dies and then the, her rights get transferred to the husband. This right to be mevatel the sale, though, he would not be able to do. Now, the truth is, I'm not really sure that Tosis's raya is such a strong raya. Really, what we see from that Gemara is that if he wants to be mevatel the sale, he's going to have to take a chrys on it and give the person back his money. We don't really see from, at least the way Tosis explained Rashi, that when he's taking the property away from the kuchos, he doesn't have to pay him back his money, he might have to return the money, in which case it would match the Gemara and Ksuvis. Either he does inherit that right to Vimavatl the sale, it's just, had he made it tonight that he doesn't take a Christ for what his wife does, in this situation he would have to take a Christ and he'd have to give the money back. It could be. Anyway, Yotosos, though, does seem to think that that's a question against Rashi, or the way he understood Rashi. It's not so clear this is what Rashi says, and we'll get to that in a second. Therefore, he prefers to explain the Rebbeinu Chananel. The whole sale is bottle. 
even for one moment, the sale never takes effect. Chazal didn't want that the wife should have to go be matriarch to get the property back after the husband dies. It's not the same as a situation where the wife is taking from property that the husband sold before he died or before he divorced her, that she could go after that property and collect her ksuva. To Hasam have you mechira, there it is a mechira, to Shemalote Isha Tshrikhlatrach, because we don't necessarily know that she's going to have to go after this property collector Ksuva. Maybe the husband will have other property that she could take straight from him. Oh, Chitra Kachari. Maybe she'll collect from property that is not Meshubah, that the husband never sold. But in a situation where he cannot pay her off with other Nesachim, like in our situation, the Barzel, where we're saying that she gets to take the actual Kli, so therefore... Even if he had other property, she can go after this Kli itself. So then they're mistaken that the Mekach is completely bottled. So I think, if I remember correctly, we saw in Rashi Lashon that I think sounds a lot like Rabbi Nukhananel as well. Rashi said, and it's in this Rashi of Habal Motzi, to Mechir la Mechir Habay. Mechir is not a Mechira. And so that Lashon made me think when I was reading Rashi, very similar to what Rabino Kanano is saying. Tosin will be dying from other parts of Rashi. Maybe this idea that he gets to take it away after he dies. Sorry, after she dies. That's when he gets to take it away. And so Rashi, Tosin will his deek. But I think there are, is also room to be dying from Rashi, like the Rabino Kanano himself says. Okay, so we're going to stop here. Let's recap what we spoke about. Uh, we discussed the Brisa. We were discussing my focus of Rabino Ami of situation where the husband dies, does the wife get to take the actual property of the Nixes on Barzil if she wants? Or can the husband or his Yarshim give her just money? That was the Machokis of Yehuda of Ami. We had a Bryce like each one. The Bryce like of Ami, the way we ended up seeing in Tosvos was the fact that if she knocks out the eye or tooth of a slave, even after the husband dies, but before she collects it, um, she would not be, the slave would not go free. So it must be that she doesn't have the right to collect specifically that Evid. Um, we had the Bryce Lake of Yehuda, which spoke about the fact that the husband cannot sell the Nixlates on Barzal, and if he sells it, that sale doesn't take effect at all. That's the way we came out in the end of Tosos here with Rabino Kanano, and I think also a little bit matched from Rashi. Tosos had a different match from Rashi that maybe the sale is valid as long as the wife doesn't officially protest. And if we would explain like that, then the explanation of this would be that the husband inherits that Rishus to protest after the wife dies, but Tosos brings from the Gemara and Ksubo, so we see that you don't really get to inherit that right because you have to at least take a Christ for your own, own actions even if you explicitly didn't take a Christ for other people's actions. Um, so we had those two Brysos. We had a Psach Halacha of Nachman like Rav Yehuda, even though we have this Brys like Rav Ami. So therefore we have the Machlukas Tanoim here, and a Machlukas Amaram, and nevertheless we're passing like the Shita that makes the most sense of Shvach Bis Aviha. We then had the Maisa of the Yarshim that took the cloak that was Nixi Tzum Barzal, and put it on the mace, which if it belonged to them, that would make it Asr and Hana. And Rava said, Eina Hanami, it does become Asr and Hana. Even though we pass in it, the wife 
has the right to collect specifically this cloak, but until she collects it, it's considered to be in the rishus of the husband, or in this case, the Yarshim. And as Rava says, hektish chamis and shikhar take away from the shibud. Rav Yehuda added a additional chiddush to shita, is that not only can she collect the nixi sombarzel as part of her ksuva, but if the nixi sombarzel went up in value, she can and she collected part of the nixi sombarzel and that completed her collection of the ksuva, and there's still nixi sombarzel left. She has the right also to pay him in order to buy out. All of the next season, Barzal. That's the Kiddish of Review Huda. Okay, we'll stop here.